We're back for another game day for the Arizona Coyotes. They face off against the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to talk about that game, break it down. Plus, we're also going to talk some Tempe news. That is Arizona Coyotes adjacent on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. That is Carl Pavlik. On this episode of Locked On Coyotes, we want to thank everyone for making Locked On Coyotes your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms, and we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We also want to thank a huge shout out to uh, Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils for, for hosting us on a crossover yesterday as we discussed the Coyotes' loss. Obviously not the, you know, the kind of loss to talk about because it was just a terrible one. But it was good having a crossover anyways. Absolutely. Uh, It was definitely a burn the tape type loss uh, by the Coyotes. The the two goals in the last minute of the second period are just nightmare inducing if the season uh, had like, you know, any real value at that point. Uh, but it was great to talk to Trey uh, again. Uh, he definitely seemed, you know, less sure of his team uh, compared to the first time we talked to him. Uh, glad to see the Coyotes kind of, you know, maybe put the devil's te- uh, season in perspective a bit, but got some good information from him. Uh, and hopefully we, uh, we gave him a little bit more insight into the, to the devils. That's great that we're able to cross over like that. Also to our listeners. I absolutely love the fact that, that you guys did not forget and uh, makes them feel bad a little bit. We love the Joker with them. Obviously it's all in fun, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was just, he was very confident going in and you know, if you're going to be confident against the team, being confident against the Arizona Coyotes, you know, normally that's fine. But uh, it was just one of those rare hubris mo- moments that uh, we haven't gotten to get too many times this season. Exactly. But let's get to the meat of this episode. Before we talk to the pregame, let's discuss some Tempe news, Carl. And uh, it is Coyotes adjacent because it doesn't affect the Coyotes directly. But it is related in some way because the compost yard that they want to build their arena on caught fire yesterday. Mm-hmm. It did. Uh, looks like around uh, 10 a.m. it was reported. There was quite a bit of smoke. Um, got to see the story mainly on AZ Central, but saw that a couple of places put, you know, picked it up as well. Nothing really to do with the Coyotes. They're not really involved in any way. Uh, this shouldn't affect any kind of negotiations. Um, it could potentially, you know, tell Tempe City Council that, like, hey, we need to do something else with this space uh, because that's a that's an important area for the city. You have the, I believe, the carve or the um, ah, there's a office Carvana. building. Yeah, Carvana, Carvana, all the health insurance offices. Yeah, you got this, this, that the uh, the center for the arts. You got 
you know, you got, I think you got Tempe Town Lake not too far from. Tempe Town Lake, and also just like residential properties. Uh, I said on Twitter on the Five for Howling account, I used to live like a couple blocks away from where the arena is going to be um, in South Bank's apartments. Like there's a lot of people there. Like there are reasons why, you know, the city of Tempe is looking at their space and being like, you know, this would probably be better served being anything other than a compost yard. Yeah, so like maybe that kind of in indirect way helps. Um, anything that happens here is like an indirect, maybe like yeah, this could be better for the coyotes. Or maybe maybe help them in s- some weird, odd way. Yeah. Again, not directly because it's not like the fire is like, hey, put the coyotes here. <laughs> um, but, it, but like you know, when a a swing vote on the city council is like. Doing their pros and cons list. Now, fire could be like a pro of having the coyotes move there. Less fire. Probably a better way for me to say that. (laughs) (laughs) There's hopefully not going to be more fire, except when the Calgary Flames show up. Bam. Hockey reference. Uh, There you go. I can uh, hire me for your speechwriter, Tempe politicians. I can make that joke. Uh, well, I absolutely love it. A couple other things too to mention on this one uh, that, or you know, I found really funny is the AZ Central article mentioned that the fire did not impact the flight path into uh, in, into uh, the Phoenix Airport, which is mm-hmm. funny because the because that's what the the this big lobbyist group is complaining for the Coyotes Arena comp. Yep, <laughs> you know. The the FAA sent a letter saying that they were concerned about potential flight path risks. Um, I'm not sure how you know concerned they are if they're just doing their due diligence or if this is something they're going to actually fight. Uh, one breakdown of the letter I saw said that you know it also included a reference that the city of Phoenix is supposed to be like challenging this type of thing to ensure it. It's part of their agreement with Sky Harbor Airport, but uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see. Um, but this does also, you know, one of those small things, when people are discussing the FAA concerns, we can point to the fact like, there was a fire and the FAA said that there was no impact. You're probably not gonna have any impact with, you know, a crane that's gonna be lower than the fire smoke went. Especially cause fire smoke can, especially at a compost yard, can get pretty thick, you know, and like, and you know lower visibility in that case and if it didn't affect it then yeah uh, a you know building stuff is should not affect whatsoever especially yeah. with the fact that let's let's be real other cities have you seen how freaking close to high buildings they are higher buildings yeah, so definitely and you know one of the uh quotes that i really liked in the easy and central article was these types of fires can take days to completely put out because of the way mulch burns and yeah like this is a very specific type of fire like you look at the picture and you're like that seems like it would not be fun to you know fly a plane through like that should like cause something and you know if you're the faa maybe you change your mind and you're like you know what maybe one we want to risk flying through less fires because I don't know what to tell you about uh, the Valley in, you know, Arizona, but 
climate change is not doing the best things to it. And we have seen a couple more fires lately. Arizona's only getting hotter. Yep. Um, we were lucky last year we had a wetter season. If yeah. that didn't show up, it would have been not, it would have been just as hot as the previous year. It would yeah. And overall, like last season was a, a a change, but it's getting drier a lot too. So, like you are seeing a lot more concerns about water uh, for you know cities in like the you know Northeast Valley. Uh, you're probably not seeing them as much, but like in Phoenix, I see them pop up a while. There's a a city that's going to be losing their access to water soon. So it's not fun. No, it's not. There's uh and yeah but that's a lot of the other effects that are you know being indirectly or directly hit by this um by this news piece and again it didn't affect the, the coyotes directly but you know the more of a reason to get rid of the compost yard to put something there is the better especially because the coyotes proposal was the only one submitted yeah yeah like they were the only ones there so you know they could always go back and request new proposals but this seems like you know the best bet for what they want absolutely we still got more to get to though on this episode of lockdown coyotes we're gonna get into the uh preview as the arizona coyotes get ready to face off against the vancouver canucks that coming up in just a moment but first a quick word from carl so i have a message from our friends at bet online BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. You can find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. There's a reason we always go to BetOnline when we're looking up the lines, and all the betting information for our game previews. You can head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. So, back here on Lockdown Coyotes, once again, Robin Leonio and Carl Pamelak, as we discuss Arizona Coyotes versus Vancouver Canucks. We're getting into the preview part of this episode. Let's get ready, Carl. Last time they played only like a week ago. A week ago, um, exactly. A week ago, uh, exactly. Um, and now they have to go at it again. The last time did not go so well. The last, let's say, the last several games for the Coyotes have not gone well. They they're like what lost? What, I'm gonna say eight of their last ten games or something like that. Uh, I haven't seen their last ten in a while, but. They they are done... they are two seven and one in their last ten. Ooh, that one ah oh, so intriguing. But yeah, the Coyotes have not been doing well lately. Um, you know they weren't doing great to start, and then just everything has happened. Uh, and you know the Coyotes haven't vastly improved in the week since they last played Vancouver. We have, we have two new faces. You know. Jack McBain and Nate Smith. Uh, and we also have the return of JJ Mosier. So, you know, it's a little bit different, but not substantially enough to, I think, make different outcome than last week. No, it won't be. Um, which is the unfortunate part. 
I think the other thing, too, that might make there a little bit of a difference is that it's an away game. The Coyotes had to go to Vancouver. Yeah. So um, that might make a different impact, too. So This, this is their last Canadian road trip of the season. Uh, they have one more road trip, but it's going to be to uh, Minnesota and Dallas. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, like Canadian road trips, it in what world would you think the Coyotes would struggle against Western Canada but sweep Eastern Canada? <laughs> I mean, uh, I and it's not like Western Canada has been particularly bad this year either. Yeah, we didn't uh, expect. I mean, like, we didn't expect the Canucks to be good. Um, yeah. I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect the Jets to be that good. Um, the Oilers, I thought were going to be the only, it could only potential issue. The flames maybe, but yeah, but I mean, like the Coyotes did sweep Eastern Canada. The only impressive one in that is Toronto. Let's be fair. Like the Montreal, like, yeah, that's, that's yes, that's, that, that, that is a fair argument. I should, we should, I wish you should put that in there. That is a fair point. A very, although, Nobody thought Montreal was going to be Montreal this year, so that's also like, true. That that's why you got to play the games. Like we can have predictions, and they could look great on paper, and you know it should work that way. But the real world is much more chaotic than that. Absolutely, but let's let's get more into the uh, the, the preview for this game. Sure. Because, again, as you mentioned, it's probably not going to be that much different, especially because uh, it's very much going to be like, all right, the first month of the Coyotes were absolute crap. The last month for the Coyotes are going to be absolute crap. It's just the way things go, unfortunately. Um, And as I mentioned in the crossover with Trey yesterday, is the Coyotes need, what, seven points in their last nine games to at least tie their worst point total for a full 82-game season. And I honestly thought that they would, like, comfortably... We, like, we, thought, we, we, both, we both thought that, right? They're on that hot streak, in, you know, throughout March, and we're just like, you know what? They... They, they can take care of it. We were confident. Yeah. And, and I did think the Coyotes were going to regress from that hot streak. I, we both did. Like, yeah. there was no way it was sustainable. But, like, the injuries that the team has sustained have really just hampered their ability to play a full 60-minute game. And we've seen that every single, um, you know, game this month. And if you look at the Canucks, like they are a team where like if the Coyotes can come back, maybe they had a chance. If they could play like, you know, whistle to whistle for a full 60 minutes, maybe they'd have a chance. But that's just not where they're at right now. The Canucks last played the Vegas Golden Knights and they gave up two goals to have Vegas tie it, push it to overtime. Vancouver ended up winning that game, but Vegas got like a much needed point. Uh, but the Coyotes aren't the Vegas Golden Knights. No, no, they're on complete opposite ends where they are. Although Vegas, 
there's a chance they might not make the playoffs, but that's not for us to talk, discuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here's a question for you. Do you give Kurobe Milka another shot after what happened on uh, on the on the other game, or do you say, "Our our Sateri, we'll like we'll give this to you"? I mean, the Melka just looks like he needs like a couple of sessions with the goaltending coach. He needs to reset his game. I don't think there's any benefit in putting him out there again. I know he like he has always said that he loves to play and they thrives off it and he's fine doing it, but his place has a different story. Yeah, it definitely has not been great. Inter- interesting to think. Let's put it this way. Ever since Wedgwood got traded, yeah. things have been downhill. Yeah, and, and we saw that like a couple times throughout the year. And it's it's one of the reasons why like someone asked me about like me referring to the Coyotes goaltending as a question mark. I'm like, Vamelka is in his first year in the NHL. He is very much an untested goaltender. There's no reason we should be expecting consistency from him. Like, exactly. It, yeah. It's uh, it's something where he just needs a reset, I think. Although I will say, I, I do firmly believe, now that we're thinking about it a little bit more, that Scott Wedgwood was the push for Vamelka to play a little bit better. You know, because yeah. he, he was right. He, like in terms of talent, he was right there. You know, kind of like who's going to get more starts potentially? Because you know they're both, you know, working on trying to prove stuff. And it, you know, and there was definitely times where like Vimelka would get sat for like a couple games in a row, and like you know Wedgwood would get the start. And I think that that like vastly improved his play. Like when he came back, he looked much better, and. I don't know why the, you know, coaching is concerned about this. Uh, you don't want to throw a guy to the woods like you would with uh, Sateri. But, like, I don't know. Like, the Coyotes aren't going to win these games. Might as well, like, you know. Might as well give Sateri the, the reps, you know. Yeah. Let him show what he can do. I mean, there's nine games left. What's the, what's the hurt, right? The nine games left, the Coyotes are, what, two, three points back from – uh, in the worst spot, like so, they are currently in the worst spot with you know the next team above them around three points ahead of them. Like, yeah, you know, like, and the only game they really have a chance at is Chicago, and that's it. Like the rest of the games, they're gonna last be time they, last time they played Chicago was a high scoring affair. Like, yeah, so like, you know, these there's a lot. To, there's a lot to think about if you're the Coyotes. If I were them, I would give you know a, a few a few of these games to Terry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I do kind of think that that should probably start tonight. Yeah, it should start tonight. I sh- I, I I believe I. That's 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 my thought. That's your thought too. So, but yeah. obviously the coaches might see differently. We'll have to find out when the uh, morning skate comes and see who's know who's out there sure anyways though we still got more to get to on this episode of lockdown coyotes we are going to get to our predictions courtesy of our friends at bet online we are going to get into that in just a moment but first a quick word from our sponsors and we're back here on lockdown coyotes once again robin leonio and carl pavlik previewing arizona coyotes at vancouver canucks puck drops at 7 p.m 
tonight, which is an interesting time because it's, 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 well, actually, it's not because we're in the same time as, I was yeah, about, uh, we're in the Pacific now. See, my, my, my brain is not working. Um, yeah. I thought we were ahead of Vancouver for some reason, um, but no, we're in the same time. So yeah, it's make, makes, makes sense. But anyways, uh, let's get to the lines. So yeah. Arizona Coyotes are point and a half underdogs at plus 100. Plus 231 on the money line. Total points is six even. Hmm. This is definitely an interesting one because Vancouver has been scoring lately. Uh, I don't know if they could, you know, put up five against the Coyotes because the Coyotes seem to only be able to get one or two goals. So, but I kind of want to say that Vancouver's going to win this one. Uh, I'm going to say 5-2. I'm going to say the Coyotes do one better than they did the last time these two met. You say 5-2. Yep. I'm going to say 4-2 Vancouver Canucks. Um, so that puts at, at 6 even. So don't bet. On, the total, on on my over on an over under for my prediction um, yeah. because I mean you can but you'll get your money back if I get it right um, <laughs> yeah you don't win I, I I mean it seems like you should be on this one focused on Vancouver winning because <sighs> and taking the points for yeah. giving the points to Vancouver yeah because like the Coyotes have just struggled to score their third goal like. That's a, a problem for the past couple seasons. It's especially true now. It, and it's funny because, again, that March period where they were scoring like five goals a game or whatever it was, which yeah. it was it was a complete, complete outlier from what we were used to, which is why we were just going berserk. Because majority of the season, what, their average goals a game was like, what, 1.7 or something like that or 2.1? Yeah. It was something really low. And yeah. we're just like, okay, yeah, we know this is gonna, it's going to be this bad. Um, and now they're back to it. So there's no way you can think of them getting more than two. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like the, there was also like, you know, the team was like a little bit more spread out than like now it seems like all of the Coyotes offense is coming off of the stick of Nick Schmaltz. He had a, a goal and an assist in the Coyotes last game. So he was involved in like all of the goals the goals for that he was the coyotes lone goal the last time they played it like it's schmaltz or nothing and that's just not a good recipe for any team no, like no disrespect to schmaltz i mean we mentioned that right in in the in like preseason talk right because we're yeah. thinking about like this was before we even thought clayton keller was going to make any kind of impact or even Krell's going to make that kind of impact but we're like when Nick Schmaltz is your top line center. You know we have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Although, like, is he center? No, I, I'm trying to remember because he was on a line with Boyd and Richie, I believe, in the last game. And there's anyway, any of them could be center. He's a hybrid player, but they put him at center more often than not. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, he, like, 
all the credit in the world to him. I think he has had a phenomenal season. He has really shown what he can do, but he is not the type of player who can carry a team. There are like very few players in the history of professional hockey who could throw the entire team on their back with the exception of goaltender, because like, that's one of those things where like, if the Malkus suddenly like stands on his head um, and just turns into a brick wall, that could theoretically win some games, but uh, he doesn't have the defense in front of him to do that. And like we said, uh, he seems kind of tired. Yeah. Plus, there's a um, that reminded me though, giving uh, of a reason why the coy- the Coyotes are um, not so focused on that goal that that bit of goaltending because when they got rid of uh, when they let Ranter walk and they traded away Hill and they traded Kemper back in the off season. This was this, when we had Craig Morgan. He's like, you are doing this because they're like, you know, you know that these that you know having a player like Kemper, especially, he's going to steal you games, games that, that you probably, as as the higher organization would want to be losing. And again, you know, the Coyotes are focused on a high level draft pick. I mean, they're already yeah. getting a lottery pick. Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much set in stone. It just question is can they get the highest chance of getting first overall? Yeah. Although like you do always like look at those games. I don't know if you've ever looked at them like after where you're like, huh, if they had won that one game, they would have been in third instead of second. And then they would have gotten the, the pick. I think there was a game like that in the McDavid series. Uh, but yeah, it is, you know, the Coyotes definitely used to have goaltending, who, goaltenders who could steal games. And I think to a lesser extent, Wedgwood is also one of them. Like he had that, you know, phenomenal shutout for the Dallas Stars. Like that's great to see. The uh, Melka, we have seen him like at points in the season do really good, but he is also like relied on his team as you would expect for a rookie goaltender. I mean, again, also remember this. Um, how many times this season have we said that this episode is the Kurobe Melka show? Yeah. And, and like, I, I cannot remember how many 45-plus save games he's made. Like, it is phenomenal. Like, there is absolutely like it's not a knock against Vanelka if he doesn't finish as strong as he could because he has done enough good in his year to to earn a contract and that was like the major goal and we just gotta kind of suffer through these last couple games just nine more games to go then comes the off season we get right we, we uh, start hyping up for the lottery and then um we can rest for a little bit before we get back into the nitty gritty again and have to discuss the Coyotes on the second year of their rebuild, which will only be slightly better, but still lots of pain. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, they get Shane right, things will change a lot, but... Yeah, but uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. One player cannot turn an entire team around. Like we said, like, you know... Example, Connor McDavid... 
did not help uh, help make the Oilers good within the first year. The Oilers were still really bad those first two years. They had Connor McDavid. The Oilers have been really bad, even with Connor McDavid playing some of his best hockey. Uh, let's be real. Like, yes, I, mean, I was it, giving them some of the benefit of the doubt because they made the playoffs like his third year or whatever, and then like, yeah. Yeah, but they they kind of squeaked in, and then it was it was a whole bunch of mediocrity since then. Uh, like, hockey is a team sport. It requires a team. It can't just be one person. Even if that person is Shane Wright, like, the team is going to need to, you know, wait for other players to develop, and that should be expected. Double up. Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Like, look how many first overall picks the Oilers got. Oh, man, that would be so fun. Uh, I mean, like, because you can only do – you can only win two, right? I believe so. If you get uh, two within a certain time frame, then you cannot get first overall again. Yes. For uh, – is it five years? I don't know. I just I just recently looked at the at the rules again because I had forgotten that they – you know, we're just doing the top two picks. I thought that, you know, it was still top three, but. I mean, technically, the, they pulled a lottery balls for every team that's non-playoff. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, because like, I remember, like, you know, you had, uh, what, Chicago go from, like, 15 to 3? Yes, but I think they have change those rules where you could only move up 10 spaces we are going to study up on these because they are once the regular rules. season is over yeah we will go full in a uh, lot uh first talk the lot you know all the lottery stuff and then once that's out of the way we might do some draft class stuff discuss who's in the draft in the 2022 nhl draft class because absolutely yeah. again it is a deep one yeah but we still got we still got nine more games to go so uh, nine more games to go it's gonna be a long nine games guys i hope you guys are in for the uh for the long haul because it's again it's it's gonna be brutal but we're we all accept it we all mm -hmm. accept it mm -hmm. Any, anyways though we both have the coyotes losing this game by two to three points so it's not again it's we'll see how things go from there anyways that's gonna be it for this episode of lockdown coyotes if you like what you heard don't forget to leave a review like comment subscribe if you're yet to already we're available everywhere you get your podcast including on youtube don't forget to uh also interact with us on social media we're on facebook facebook.com slash lockdown coyotes on instagram at lockdown coyotes and on twitter at lo underscore coyotes i am personally at Robin underscore Leonio, Carl Pavlik is Carl Pavlik FFH. Interact with us, ask the question, we might answer right back or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget the howl on. <laughs>